What do your car, your television, the bottle of water you bought in the shop, your lunchbox, your laptop, even the earphones or speakers you're listening to me on have in common? Look around you. Plastic is everywhere in today's society. And while it's a useful, durable and cheap material, plastic pollution is clogging up the world's oceans and landfills. Over the next 10 years, will we see a reduction in plastic or will the pollution keep getting worse? Hello and welcome to Ireland 2029 Shaping Our Future. We're partnering with Volkswagen to look at 10 big ideas which could shape Ireland's future for the better. In each episode, we'll put forward an idea and talk to a wide range of different people about what it can achieve, whether it's practical or even possible, or just a complete non-runner. This week, we're looking at whether we can go plastic-free in Ireland by 2029. I'm your host, Cormac Fitzgerald, and this is Ireland 2029, Shaping Our Future. So to kick off the discussion today on our podcast is the Deputy Leader of the Green Party and TD for Dublin Ratdown, Catherine Martin. Catherine, do you think Ireland can go plastic free by 2029? We have no choice. We must go plastic free by, by 2029. Ireland is the top producer of plastic in the EU, producing 61 kilograms uh, per person. But I think it can happen because people want to see it happen. Because we have seen the harm that's been done, the disturbing images of our marine life um, suffocation and being choked on plastic. And, and that needs to change. So anyone who watched the, the Blue Planet with David Attenborough, um, we can see that the world is crippling under the weight of plastic. In fact, by 2050, they say there'll be more plastic than fish in the sea and that has to change. We need to show the leadership here in Ireland and get to work on it now. That's about building up the political will because we have the will of the people. And I think any modern business will go with the movement of the people and the people are demanding an end to that throwaway culture. Joining me in the studio now is Nikki Ryan, reporter with the journal.e and producer of this episode of Ireland 2029. Nikki, how are you? I'm good, but this is a very depressing subject, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, I think as the more we research this, the more we realise the scale of not only our plastic use, but the absolutely intractable seeming task of trying to reduce that or indeed get rid of plastics by 2029. Can you paint us a picture maybe of how much we use plastic and just how hard it'll be to get rid of it? Yeah, well, I mean, as you kind of described there, um, human beings love using plastic for everything. Um, and with good reason. It's cheap. It's handy. It keeps food fresh for longer. So we reduce food waste. It keeps vehicles light and so reduces carbon emissions. And it's durable. But that last point is the problem. It lasts for absolutely ages, unlike paper and other natural materials. It just doesn't break down naturally in the environment. But we all know that our listeners don't need to be told that. Um, Most of us know that the vast majority of plastics produced since, you know, the 1950s, where plastic production really ramped up. All of that is still in the environment today. We also know that we are really, really bad at disposing of it. Um, a rubbish truck a minute goes into the oceans. It causes absolute mayhem with marine life, and so it ends up in our food chain as well. Tons and tons ends up in landfills and will simply stay there, not rotting for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So we're talking here about trying to get rid of all plastics. So all that waste you just spoke about there, it would either be gone or maybe replaced with some sort of material that could biodegrade or disappear over time. Uh, this seems like a, a mammoth task. 
yeah, it really is a mammoth task. And to be realistic about it, we need to focus less on plastics like, say, your phone case or the lunchbox you use every day and more on single use plastics that we don't need. Like, say, for example, if fruit and veg is wrapped in plastic wrapping that it doesn't need or excessive packaging on other grocery items as well as making sure that the plastics we're using are recyclable and more responsible. So say, for example, that soft, scrunchy plastic that you'll see in a lot of items, that was previously shipped off to China, but it's not really recyclable currently. And like there's issues around plastics that call themselves biodegradable, but if you lump that into your compost bin out the back, that isn't going to degrade. It has to, to degrade in an industrial setting instead. So what's been done to actually reduce the amount of plastic waste we're producing? Are there moves by governments to to address the issue? Well, we'll all remember the plastic bag levy that was brought in back in 2002. More recently, the government has moved to ban microbeads and they've also banned single-use plastics from government departments and schools. Um, But something really interesting that's coming down the line is the EU Single-Use Plastics Directive, and that's already been passed by the EU Parliament. So this will set out new targets for recycling and the use of recycled materials over the next decade. It'll introduce schemes to pay for the cleanup of plastics, but also ban a range of single-use plastics by 2021. So we're talking plates, straws, balloon sticks, cotton buds, as well as fast food containers um, made from polystyrene. Okay, thanks for that, Nikki. And I think that is a good point to start our plastic road trip of Dublin. Yes, we are going on a little plastic road trip around the place um, to talk to some experts um, in the area of either using or recycling or reducing the use of plastics. And our first stop is going to be Little in Tala. Let's go. Right, so Cormac, we've just stepped into an extremely fancy Little in Tala. It is probably one of the fanciest littles I've ever seen. There's <laughs> some beautiful wood paneling on the ceilings, exposed air conditioning and all this sort of thing. They have made an effort to reduce the amount of plastic that is around our fruit and veg. Let's go have a look. We have some loose red peppers. We have some salad. But around that salad is plastic. plastic. And that's not recyclable. That's not currently recyclable, no. We're looking at a mix here, yeah? We have some oranges, some lemons. We have some apples and pears, all completely loose. Uh, Left we have some cucumbers wrapped in plastic, but we know about the shelf life issue. And then we have some watermelons here, which are completely loose, obviously, because they're well protected themselves. Moving away now. We're into, what is this, some dry foods here. And some tinned fish. So pick up those uh, pick up those herring fillets there in the tomato sauce. I presume that if we flip that over. Yeah, this is definitely fully recyclable. Widely, Widely recyclable, it says on the tin. Do you like herring fillets? I l- love herring fillets, actually, yeah. Really? Yeah. I was worried that you were going to judge me for I absolutely, absolutely love them. Like, it's kind of different here. We've got some, uh, you know, powdered soups, vegetable and oxtail and things of the Newgate range. Um, I'm going to say at the moment, yeah, so this is a sachet, not currently recyclable. Um, it's quite a lot of that. Uh, it won't be able to recycle that, so that would go to, to landfill or incineration, really. But look, I don't want to eat um, tin food all the time, so no. let's have a look at some of the meat over here. Oh, actually, hang on. There's some cakes here. 
We're looking at nine assort was it nine assorted afternoon mini cakes yeah. and looking what is pretty nice as well. That would be recyclable, let's say, because it's a hard plastic. It's kind of more durable, so that would be yeah, yeah. Your typical recyclable. So good. don't worry, you can eat your nine assorted afternoon tea mini cakes guilt free. So don't worry, exactly. Cormac. Except okay. for the calories, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Get us some of that beef mince there, will you? Have a look at this beef mince here. Right again, we have a hard plastic container for it with a, a film top so you know that soft plastic top is not going to be recyclable once you wash out the container properly it should be recycled so the vast majority of the, pla of the packaging around it is recyclable it is, though clean uh, my name is Deirdre Ryan I'm the head of corporate social responsibility in Lidl so my remit would cover um, environmental and social initiatives for the for the business in Ireland and Northern Ireland and obviously uh, a lot of focus in the public debate is around plastic packaging and uh, waste in, in supermarkets and everywhere really. What are the kind of some of the measures that Lidl is implementing to try and reduce its plastic packaging? For us it's, it's, a, it's a real priority. Uh, we've been working on it for quite a number of years and um, working with suppliers um, in order to uh, reduce, I suppose first and foremost, reduce uh, the amount of packaging that we have. That would include measures such as, particularly for fruit and vegetables, ensuring that about 20% of our range is always um, uh, loose fruit and vegetables but it's important also to remember we need to be very vigilant in our approach to removing packaging particularly from fruit and vegetables because there's a huge food waste issue as well um, you know, packaging does serve its purposes as well um, in transportation and protecting food and as well as informing customers about you know the, the product itself and how to utilize it we also um, worked with a lot of our suppliers to remove um, black unrecyclable plastic so um, maybe people might not be aware that black is a very problematic colour in terms of plastic in that it can't be picked up um, unless it has a special pigment in it in, in the, by the recycling plants, just recognises it as a, as a whole and doesn't get picked. That's a huge win and um, might not be something very recognisable for customers but very important for us um, in terms of the huge volumes that we would have um, that are now being recovered in recycling plants. Now even someone with the best of intentions to cut back on their plastic use will still end up creating some waste. So our next stop is Thornton's recycling plant to see what happens to the plastic when we're finished using it. So uh, my name is David Duff, I'm the Environmental Health and Safety Manager for Thornton's. The site where we've taken you today is our dry recycling facility. So this is the facility where we take in the household green bin contents and the commercial green bin contents. And what we basically do with it in this site is we take in up to 50,000 tonnes per year and we segregate it out into the various components, cardboard paper, steel cans, aluminium cans, milk bottles, mineral bottles, and plastic films, um, and pots, tubs, and trays. Once we have it separated out into them individual components, we bale it up, we quality check the material to make sure it's clean, and then we put it into containers where it's either exported to countries in Europe or further afield where then products are going to be recycled. David took us through the recycling plant. Here he describes the difficulty and expense in separating the various types of clear plastic. This is now your soft plastic. So this is the plastic that people have put into their household bin. Um, that we have basically got legislation stating now that it shouldn't be in there. The difficulty with this is, as I said, there's seven different types of plastic polymers. And, and this consists of a little bit of everything. So although that there is some uh, LDPE, which is clear film, it's heavily printed and it's quite contaminated. It's quite dirty. So it's not ideal to be in the bin. We've got now, this is LDPE stretches. So you can see when I pull this apart, it stretches. And that's how you recognize LDPE. This one here, it doesn't stretch. So it's not LDPE, but it says it tears in a straight line. 
So that's a different type of plastic that householders uh, don't, and the two can't be recycled together. They have different melting points, so therefore one is a contaminant to the other. We have no way to separate them. And you have no way to separate out something that small. Technically recyclable, but economically and physically able to get it out, there's nobody wants it for recycling. So all this now isn't currently recyclable? No, all of this currently isn't going for recycling. So what we do with this is, we take it from here after the cost of collecting it for free, transporting it to here, processing it to our plant. Then we have to take it to our black bin MRF, where we basically reprocess it again. We will shred this down to 25 millimeters and we'll produce a fuel out of it. While we've discussed cutting back and getting rid of our unnecessary plastics, one area where disposable or single-use plastics are still very much required is in hospitals. Dr Rachel McCann is a member of Irish Doctors for the Environment and she spoke to us a little bit about plastic use in hospitals and why it's so important. I'd say it's necessary probably first and foremost from a sterile point of view. You can kind of guarantee that whatever is contained in it is clean. Um, secondly, it's cheap and easily available. And I think that just historically over the last 20 years, that's why it's become more commonplace. And I think a lot of people working in healthcare in general probably use a nauseating amount of plastic. A lot of it is unavoidable to an extent that we use a lot of single-use products, so sterile equipment or using medications or using things that need to be kept clean or for whatever single-use that may be. But I think as we've been learning more, I think we are realising now that there's a lot more scope to reduce the amount of single-use plastic. I don't think we can completely eliminate it entirely, but I think there are a lot more alternatives that we could consider. All plastic waste that can be recycled, uh, for instance, there are recycling bins in hospitals, and that is recycled separately. Um, but then single-use plastic that can't be recycled will go in the general waste bin. But what we actually find a lot of the times in Irish hospitals is that waste isn't being segregated properly. So you find a lot of recyclable plastic that is going into the general waste bin. And I'd like to think that technology and science can become more innovative where we can find ways of making products that can be more sustainable, but then still doesn't compromise the healthcare and safety of patients. I think that there's a lot more research that needs to go into that, but we will ultimately reach a point where we have to do that. And now's a good starting time. So we've heard from a wide range of people there about their own experience with the use of plastics in Ireland. And it's clear that we use a lot of plastics here. We know we need to reduce our use of these materials, but we also need alternatives. Joining me on the line now is someone who is leading research into that area of creating alternatives to plastics. Dr. Declan Devine, Director of the Materials Research Institute at Athlone Institute of Technology. My first question is about Irish society's own reliance on or use of plastic. Can you paint a picture of the scale of it? Plastics are everywhere within our society. So from everything, from the clothes that we're wearing to the gadgets that we use, the majority of everything is, is made from plastic. We have about 190 plastics processing companies in Ireland. So it's, it's a huge employer within the country. So how much plastic do we produce here and how much of that is wasted? And where does that plastic then end up? So the figures are um, in Ireland, there's about 280,000 tonnes of plastic produced back in, in 20, 2015. The challenge with that is 97% of all of that waste was actually exported to China. So we're not actually dealing with the problem here in Ireland. What we were traditionally doing was trying to export it to other countries. And then we've no control over what happens to that waste when it gets to those countries. So some of the biggest polluters in the world, um, China, 
Malaysia and countries like that, which we would traditionally export our waste to. Um, and, you know, there's been reports in those countries that companies that are taking in the waste from different countries, Ireland, Europe, the US, some of them are actually taking that plastic out the back of a shed and burning it because intrinsically the, the value of that plastic is less than it would be to make a fresh new plastic um, so it becomes completely um, non-viable to, to recycle it. So I think what we need to do is we need to move more towards using plastic that we know that can be recycled. Or on the other side, on the flip side of that, using plastic that we don't recycle, but we know will actually degrade if it, if it in, does end up in the sea. So the aim, the kind of pie-in-the-sky idea that we have for this podcast is getting rid of all plastic in Ireland by 2029. Is that possible? I don't think we can do away with plastic. So if you look at the alternatives to plastic, and I, I think there's a lot of hype about things like paper and glass, they all have their own challenges. So paper itself, it's recyclable, but you can recycle it between five and seven times. The reason plastic bags were introduced in the 70s was because there were so many trees being cut down for paper bags. So on one hand, we're using a, a waste product from oil to make plastic. On the other side, we're chopping down trees to make paper. So from an environmental footprint, um, you know, plastic does have a role to play. On the other side of all of this, a lot of people talk, why don't we use glass as an alternative to plastic? So glass, when you recycle glass, you have to process it at about 1500 degrees Celsius. When you recycle bottles in Ireland anyway, um, we put them into the repack collection centres, the glass is all broken. So it's not that we can refill that bottle. So it has to be reprocessed into a new bottle. So the energy consumption to do that is it's up to eight times higher than it is for plastics. So, you know, again, not exactly environmentally friendly. So can we get away from plastics? No. Um, can we use plastics better? Certainly we can. Um, one of the big challenges for, for plastics recycling in Ireland is um, with just collection. So say, say if we take a PET bottle, so drinks bottle that water, any of the soft drinks come in, uh, it's made from PET. It's it's 100% recyclable. There's no challenge to recycling that. We produce probably 90,000 tonnes of PET waste each year in Ireland. Probably 40% of that or 40,000 tonnes of that is actually recycled. On this island, we are importing hundreds of thousands of tonnes of PET waste because we cannot get enough good quality waste within the country. So there's companies, uh, there's one company in and mead that's importing 80,000 tonnes of waste each year, and that's just one country, to make fibres for, for textiles, nappies, and, and products like that. So it is, there is a massive market for recycling of some plastics. But the problem on the other side is, if you take a plastic bag or something like that, it's actually quite hard to process that. Because it's quite soft, it's hard to cut it up into flake where you can actually make new plastic bags. So I think that's where the challenge lies. But other plastics which are coming on the market soon, um, it's predicted by 2023 there's going to be a new plastic that, that's coming on the market that's called polyethylene furinate. So it's very similar to polyethylene turfetalate, PET, but it's completely biodegradable and compostable. So I'm gathering from what you're saying there that we can get rid of plastic for a significant amount of time, maybe even the next 100 years or longer. But instead, we need to look at better ways of using it. Is that right? Absolutely. Plastic is definitely here to stay. The amount of advantages of using plastic is, is phenomenal. The disadvantages we know about, but they're, they're challenges that can be addressed. So with a little forethought and a little bit of planning, the big thing is, you know, if you are going to use alternatives to plastic, they are going to cost more money. 
for the majority of components, they'll actually be worse. Like we talked a little bit about food packaging, but what we didn't talk about was the advantages of food packaging. So if you talk about food packaging itself, the shelf life of products is increased considerably by using uh, plastic packaging. If you take something simple like meat, meat will start going off after four days unless it's vacuum packed in, in plastic. But if it is vacuum packed in plastic, it'll last up to 60 days. So, you know, the advantages of using it compared to the global food shortage that we have at the moment, the population is expected to grow to eight and a half billion by 2030. You know, so this, this global food shortage is only going to get worse. And if we remove plastic packaging, we're actually going to increase food waste by probably 25%. So there's definitely a role. And even some of the simple things that we think, you know, one thing I would have always said is why, why do we put plastic on bananas? Because they already have a wrapper. The reason we put the plastic on bananas is because you can increase its shelf life by twice as much. So it goes from 15 days to 36 days. So it certainly plays a role, and I don't think we're going to do without it. Um, the only way to do without it is to, to go and buy your single banana every time you want it. But that's not practical with our busy lifestyles. Um, so we do really need to, to look at packaging to increase the, the shelf life of these products. Right, after all that, Catherine Martin, Deputy Leader of the Green Party, is back in the studio with us. What do you think can be done at an individual level by people in Ireland to change attitudes or to make an impact on reducing our use of plastics? I, I always say with anything to do with climate action, um, you need to make it easy for people to change. And, and the will is there. But for any modern business uh, needs to track the consumer trend uh, or the movements they're following. And definitely no to plastic, sick of plastic is something you see the hashtags that's in people's minds. So for businesses to be clever, they, they need to move with their consumers and we should be making it easy for them. So like you, you have certain supermarkets and you can, when you get to the till, instead of bringing it all home with you, you can separate your plastic and your cardboard. France is magnificent in buying in bulk. You can bring in your own containers. So you're buying your cereals, you bring in your own container and fill it up. There should be the naked aisle in supermarkets. So it's a plastic free aisle. Um, It's about making it easier. And I think it's we need to change the pace of living. So we need to slow down, I I think, and have the time to prepare our foods. I think going back to leave that throwaway culture and go back to supporting local businesses, seasonal foods, um, where you go in as a child, I went into, I'm from rural Ireland, go into the local market and if you were buying meat, it was wrapped in paper. You know, all that, We, we, we did it before. So it's only a case of doing it again. And they sound like they're, a lot of them could be driven by businesses, and yeah. by changes business makes. Do you think it would be a case of businesses influencing the consumer's habits or would it be the consumer demanding it from I the business? I think the consumer d- demanding it um, very much so by doing something like simply saying, "Can you? would you have you considered changing that? Um, could I bring my bottle in? I did it in relation to orange juice because my son was looking for orange juice and I said actually I'd love to do that but it's plastic bottles could I bring in my own bottle the next time? They said yes, actually we never thought about that but also the businesses then in their own branding they need to think about not going plastic and then when they're outsourcing they need to demand from their suppliers uh, we don't want plastic, can you change that? So it's the consumer demanding from the supermarket and the supermarket then it's the chain of demand that that needs to change and of course then um government and legislators have have a role to play there let's get on to that what role do you think like what can be done from a governmental from a legislative point of view 
it's two years now since the Green Party brought in the Waste Reduction Bill, which was to phase out single-use plastics and bring in a deposit and return scheme. Um, and that was support, got the support of the doll. So it got to second stage and it's been blocked at committee stage by, it's one of the, the over 50 bills being blocked by the money message. And instead of being at a stage now where we could be leading and we would now be through all five stages of the bill and this could be happening, should, we should have no, um, we should be phasing out our single-use plastics. Instead, the, the government is continuing to, to block it. Now, I know EU legislation is, is coming in and will phase it out um, uh, EU-wide by 2030, but that's not good enough. We should have led on this. You know, we were, were leaders on the, the levy on the, the plastic bag, but of course we should be looking to, to ban plastic bags as they have done in New Zealand. Zealand recently and other countries, but it's simply not good enough to block a bill that makes sense like that, especially when the will of the doll and we've been elected, it's democracy by the people and it's received cross-party support and the committee itself that deals with this is wants to progress with this and has the cross-party support. And so what do you think is the biggest stumbling block when trying to reduce plastic waste? When it comes to climate action, it has to be about a government that makes it easy for people to change. And the responsibility isn't on the people. The responsibility is on government to help people make the change. And now I'm joined again in the studio by Nikki Ryan, and it is time to fire up the Great Ireland 2029 forecasting machine. Nikki, are you excited? Um, yes, I am. I feel like I'm more excited than everyone else has been because we're now on what? Episode six. I think that everyone else who has done this is utterly fed up of this stupid machine. Okay. Look, I'm excited to use it because I haven't actually got to use it myself yet. I've just seen it being used by other people. And I've only heard of it being used and I haven't actually had a chance to introduce it yet. So I'm excited. Good. Do you want to fire it up there, Nikki? Yep, I will. Okay, hang on. One second. Okay. So what we do with this machine is we put all the ideas we've heard on this episode into it and it gives us a verdict on whether it is possible for Ireland to go plastic free by 2029. So, Nikki, do you want to put the ideas into it there? Um, yeah, I will. Okay, it's printing out the verdict. Oh my god, it's actually printing out the verdict on a piece of single-use plastic <laughs> as well. Anyway, so the verdict here says, Can Ireland go plastic-free by 2029? Not a hope. Oh. But I think we expected that. I think we did, yeah. From listening to all our experts and researching the subject, it seems like an insurmountable problem. And to get rid of plastic by 2029, I think would be almost impossible. Even by 2100, over the next 100 years, I feel like plastic is so embedded in our daily lives and such a kind of part of human society at the moment that to to entirely be rid of it, it's, yeah, it's inconceivable. Um from listening to all our experts, there are, of course, moves being made and there is a, a greater public awareness around what plastic is doing to the environment. Um, there are some some promising moves by, by governments to curtail the use of single-use plastics, but plastic as a as a substance, as a composite, is, is still here and it will remain with us for a long time. But I do think, like, those measures from governments in terms of, like, you know, banning straws, oh, whoop de doo brilliant, like, they can be really easily dismissed. But those are, like, those small little changes that need to happen for us to allow for a greater change in society to happen. You know, we can't immediately jump in and say, right, 
No plastic at all, ever, ever, ever. It's all gone. It has to be a small scale change. And people, you and me, we need to get used to using alternatives to plastic because we've grown up not thinking anything of like so much of the single use plastic that we use. But people are more aware of the scale of the problem with plastics. But habits do need to change. Absolutely. And of course, you can't discount individual responsibility. We we all have our part to play in trying to reduce our own plastic use and um, try and reuse plastic more. But I don't think you can take away from the fact that the plastic is being produced still hugely by companies and that private companies and government both have a huge role to play. And I think there's a greater awareness now of our, to use that phrase again, throwaway culture. Um, there is an appetite for change among people. And that needs to be matched by industry and by legislative changes in government to to get rid or to drastically reduce the amount of plastic that we are producing and that we are throwing away. And that can be led by technological solutions and moves towards more sustainable modes, as uh, Declan Devine mentioned earlier. But again, it's it's going to take concerted efforts from every level of society, I think, if we if we want to cut back on our waste. Thanks for listening to the sixth episode in this 10-part series on Ireland 2029. This episode is brought to you by producer and editor Nikki Ryan, presenter Cormac Fitzgerald, series producer Orla Ryan and executive producer Christine Bowen. Thanks to Paula Lyon and our contributors in this week's episode. Ireland 2029 is a podcast from the journal.ie, supported by Volkswagen. It's time for electric cars for the people. Discover the future of electric mobility with the Volkswagen ID family at Volkswagen.ie.